Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. And today I have with me on the podcast, Angela Poynton, who is the president of a, an agency called 11 out of 11. Um, I can't pronounce the name where you're from, actually, Angela, because on LinkedIn it says Concho Hoken. Is that correct? You're close, Concho oh, Hoken. Concho Hoken. Okay, cool. So you're the president and co-founder of Eleven Out of Eleven. Could you share a little bit about your background, how you came to co-found the company? But first of all, explain me what that name stands for. Oh, sure. So 11 out of 11 is a desire to do better than most other marketing agencies um, who are shooting for a 10 out of 10. So that's where the name came from. Mm -hmm. Um, I came from other marketing agencies in my career. I either worked internally in marketing roles for fast, fast growing startup companies or most recently before 11 out of 11, I was working at a marketing agency called Square Two, which is local to me. Um, kind of grew up in that agency um, as far as like inbound marketing and content marketing goes, which is what we do. And then made it up to be COO of that agency before leaving about seven years ago now. Cool, cool. and. Um, what's special about 11 out of 11? So we're primarily focused on content marketing. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what we do. We are a HubSpot agency partner, as I'm sure many of your listeners are as well. <clears throat> so we do maintain and do administration within a client's HubSpot portal, both on the marketing and the sales side of things. Um, but our real core focus is on content marketing and helping our clients be seen as thought leaders within their own space. Nice. So we're going to dive into content marketing this podcast. But before we do that, I did want to point out something that I found on your website, and I will share the URL to your website, of course, in the show notes for the listeners. But prominently somewhere in the middle of your website, you're talking about EOS. Could okay. you explain what that is? Because as a European, I see that term popping up every now and then. <laughs> I have to say that I'm not familiar with it, but I see it popping up a lot amongst agencies. So please explain me what, what it is, what it stands for. Sure. So EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System, um, it is. it was started in the United States, but now is global. And in essence, what it is, is it's a program to help companies that want to scale. It involves a typically people can implement it on their own and can get books and try to implement it on their own one of the books is called traction mm -hmm. that the founder wrote um, but it teaches entrepreneurs the rhythms and tools that they need to use in their business to help it grow without growing in a um you know not straight line, if you will. So it really makes that growth systematic. It fixes a lot of things that are 
otherwise typically wrong within a company. And I can give you a few examples. Um, the reason why we like EOS is because we found that the companies that are utilizing that within their organization really understand long-term gains and short-term goals to get to those long-term gains, which is a great match in our opinion with content marketing. It's not the type of thing that produces results overnight. It's the type of thing that if you keep at it, you make it systematic and rhythmic and, and continuously produce content, it will help you get to those goals, but you have to have that patience, right? So mm -hmm. our buyer's persona has to already understand that in their core and be committed to it um, and seeing the early wins, of course, because there are early wins, but knowing that it's an investment that's going to pay off. So would it be fair to say that the EOS is, is also a basis for success for your customers? Definitely. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Like an example of something that they would help a client with is alignment of teams and getting the right people in the right seats, right? That's something that you will see talked about within the EOS community. Anybody who runs an agency knows that the person or group of people that you're working with at the client is critical to your success. If they are not the right people, if they are not empowered to make decisions about the work that you're doing and improve things, um, if they're not feeding you strategic information that they're getting from leadership of the company, it can really cripple your ability to help them perform. Mm -hmm. And so having those right people working with us on content uh, from the client side and giving us feedback as well as direction, like here's a new goal the company has, how can the content help us achieve that goal? We can't be as successful without that. Is it, is it, I hear a lot of similarities with the Rockefeller habits, the scaling up methodology that, that we at Marketing Guys are using, for example, and I know a lot of companies are using the book scaling up uh, or attending sessions to actually grow their business. Um, is EOS comparable to the Rockefeller habits? And if so, or, or if not, what, what are the differences? Very comparable. It, they're both um, organizations, EOS and Scaling Up, at their core are going for the same thing, right? Helping companies grow and scale. They just have different tools and different methodologies of doing that. Mm -hmm. So the recommendation for working on profit, for example, and profit margin, the tool for that might look a little different between the yeah. two, but they're still trying to help you grow profit. So we have a number of companies um, in our client roster that actually use both because they find the tools within one or the other are helpful when they want to invest in both to move faster. And we have clients who are only scaling up clients, running that within their business and the same for EOS. So very similar programs, all trying to help entrepreneurial companies achieve the same goal, just a slight different way of going about it.
So a couple of things that I like about the scaling up program include the one-page strategic plan and the BHAG approach, which you well basically bring down to a, a daily, weekly, quarterly, monthly, et cetera. Um, is this one-page strategic plan something that is also used maybe in a different way within EOS? Yes, it has a different name, mm-hmm. um, but similar concepts and BHAG big, hairy, audacious goal is something that EOS encourages for entrepreneurs too. Um, It's not something that should be a a number, right? Like we want to get to 50 million in revenue Mm -hmm. because what happens when you achieve that number? Um, Then what, right? It should rather be something that is very aspirational and sort of visionary um, is more appropriate so that it can constantly be something that you're working toward. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, like that's a great example of something that is very similar between the two. The tools just look different. Okay. Okay. So as long as you're, let's say, working on your scaling, scalability, um, it doesn't matter too much whether you're using EOS or the Rockefeller habits. Um, maybe as a, as a listener, try to find out more, Google a little for the differences. But in general, what, what you're also saying, Angela, is, you know, as long as you're following the methodology, um, you're, you're good. Let's take a minute to thank Vidyard, the sponsor of this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. As you know, we're big fans of Vidyard. Vidyard is an easy-to-use yet powerful video solution that makes it easy to create videos, host them ad-free, share them with others, and track their performance. Whether you're recording a video for one person or sharing it with the world on your website, it's easy to manage your video content. The solution is built for business with strong analytics, integrations, with top enterprise tools, and customization options that answer your unique needs. You can upload or create marketing videos and embed them into email campaigns, landing pages, and blog posts to generate and engage more sales-ready leads. You may use interactive video elements and video personalization to boost viewer engagement, accelerate the buyer journey, and convert viewers into pipeline. You can record your screen, webcam, or both, from product demos to customer testimonials to live-streamed Q&As, anyone can create their own videos in just a few clicks. You use video analytics to measure how each video impacts revenue and how they perform across your website, email marketing, YouTube, and more, all from one central dashboard. Sign up for your free Vidyard account today by going to vidyard.com slash marketing guys. That is vidyard.com slash marketing guys. And just like you guys, the team at Vidyard can't keep up with all these promo codes on podcasts. So they are making signing up as easy as possible with no promo code needed. Just go to vidyard.com slash marketing guys to start using Vidyard completely free. And as a bonus, get their 2021 B2B video trends guide for free. Yeah, I mean, either is going to help you grow for sure. Um, I definitely recommend Googling, maybe watching a YouTube video or two, and then either purchasing Scaling Up or there's a number of EOS-related books that have been written um, to get, if you're interested, to get a deeper feel of what it's all about.
Nice, nice. So let's dive a little into content marketing. How does content marketing help your customers to be, um, I th- you, you had a name there, you want you, thought leaders? I think yeah. you, you mentioned them. So um, how do you, does content marketing help your companies, your customers to become thought leaders? Yeah, so you often hear within the entrepreneurial community, which is our client base, um, that they want to be seen as a thought leader in their industry. When people think of, I need XYZ service or help with XYZ, they want their name to be at the top of the mind. And so you can't be invisible if, if that's going to happen for you, right? You got to mm-hmm. be out there. You got to be publishing content. You have to be sharing your opinion, your way of doing things, how you're different. And how do you do that? It's through content. For a lot of entrepreneurial c- companies, they know that content is at this point, like pretty table stakes for marketing. Like if you're not doing it, you're pretty invisible outside of your own network. So it's about creating that content, understanding what your message is, and then putting it out in a systematic and rhythmic way. This is where most companies, when they're trying to do it on their own, we've seen tend to fall down and not Mm -hmm. be able to achieve it. Okay, so there's all kinds of different formats of content there there is of course written content like like downloads like case studies white papers there's web pages there's landing pages there's video there is audio there's all kinds of formats of content that people can start using online offline the $64,000 question that I hear a lot being asked is what content works mm-hmm. all of it <laughs> all of it <laughs> So, so we should should start spending time, effort, money on on everything at at once. So, how do I measure or how do I define which content works for me? Or so best? That was really, yeah, that was a really good question. It's all about testing, right? So, what works well for you, Elias? Like this podcast, for example, might not work well for somebody else, um, and. I think the best approach for anybody is to test something and and gather receptiveness. Now, receptiveness, this is important, is not going to be tons of leads, right? So let's not give it a go, not get tons of leads and give up. The signals that people ought to be looking for are, are, is it getting engagement? Are people casually commenting to you the next time they see you, hey, I saw that, whatever it was, video, blog, whatever, it was really good. That's the kind of thing you're measuring. It's challenging, but it's very, very early indicators of success. Hone in after you test a few things on what you believe is getting the most engagement and maybe lighten up on the gas on the things that you didn't get any feedback on, right? Mm -hmm. So people can't do everything at once. It's too daunting, but they can try one or two of everything, take a pause, measure, 
and then decide what they're going to spend their resources and time and investing in. So two questions pop up there in my mind is, first of all, what, what do I measure? So what kind of metrics and how long should I pause or give it, give it a try? Mm-hmm. Early on, you're just looking again for engagement. So if you're producing a piece of content, you're going to give it the best opportunity to get engaged with. So you're going to share it on social, you're going to send it out to your email list, you're going to share it with your network, Um, you know, you're going to make sure it quote unquote gets promoted. So from an engagement, what are you measuring to answer that question? You're measuring if it's a social post, is anybody liking, commenting, sharing it? If it is an email, how did that email perform from an open and click rate? Did people actually go to the piece to read it or listen to it or watch it? And then if you're sharing it with your network, did you get any personal feedback? Mm -hmm. So personal feedback might be in the form of a reply email or comment somebody makes to you the next time you talk to them. Some of this is feel. So early days, the engagement isn't something that you not, not might not spin up a HubSpot dashboard to measure. It might be a bit more nebulous than that. But I think you'll get a feel for how people are responding to things just by their reaction and the way I described. As far as time, you don't want to wait too long. You know, if you put a bunch of different formats of content out there and you're trying to see, okay, we're gonna invest in a video series. Are we gonna invest in a podcast? Are we gonna invest in a blog and an email campaign? Like what format does our audience like? You put different formats out there and I would give them two weeks max. I mean, with most things you're gonna know within a day or two, right? Because it doesn't, like an email campaign has a very short, shelf life, for example. And then you're going to decide. So the biggest dilemma will be if nobody reacted to anything, Mm. which I don't think will happen. Um, The other biggest dilemma would be if everybody loved everything. Well, now you have some decisions to make as far as what you're going to invest in, right? But I would literally, you know, kind of keep a scratch pad or Google Sheet or what have you to measure both the anecdotal and the numeric um, pieces of feedback that you get and then make some decisions there. And maybe it's simply, if you got a lot of positive feedback, maybe it's, you know what, we're gonna start here with priority one, Mm -hmm. then we'll move here with priority two, and then we'll move here with priority three. Uh, As you know, these days, there's a lot of ways to do things once and get all formats out of it. Like we could be recording this podcast and also making a video available for you, for everyone. We could be transcribing it and then just editing it into a blog article if we wanted. So there's a lot of ways to also scale that content and, and keep all those formats if one is interested in that. That's, that's some really helpful tips that you're sharing there with the audience. Um, a, a final question that I would have here is that when you're talking about that thought leadership and 
companies, business owners that would that are starting to invest in content marketing. How soon does content marketing start paying off for them? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It depends on what audience they're starting with to promote it to. But let's say that the client feels that they have a fairly strong yet unnurtured email database of prospect and clients. And they have a pretty strong but unnurtured social following. If those are both in existence when you start, I would say you'll get you're going to get some wins within the first six months of putting content out because there is a neglected but substantial audience that you're instantly going to be sharing this content with. If the client is starting with a truly deficient audience and there's just like they never took time to capture people's email addresses, they never took time to try to build their social following, then we got to be realistic about what's expected. And perhaps there should be a, um, another campaign writing sidecar to build the email database and build the social following, like perhaps with paid campaigns, unfortunately, but maybe that needs to happen. If the audience is deficient for the client, we usually say in about a year um, because we got to be real with conversion rates and, and how many people are going to see things in social algorithms of when this is going to get enough lift and enough presence for people that they'll start reaching out to the company. Cool. And I, I really like this transparency on, on when, re, when people can expect results because I've seen very much examples of, on the one hand, agencies that are promising instant results with content, content marketing. You know, we can get you on top of Google within a month or whatsoever. Um, and on the other hand, um, the, the, the companies that are starting to use content marketing have expectations that it will work and will bring them uh, results within a couple of weeks. So both is actually not true or, it, or it, maybe if, you, if you're lucky, it might, it might, might be a lucky shot. But in, in, uh, in general, it takes you somewhere between six months and a year to see the first results and first leads coming in. That's correct, right? Absolutely. Cool. Yes. So, so that's that's actually really helpful info. And um, Angela, I, I hope to have you back somewhere in the near future on the podcast to dive a little more into into content marketing. But for now, we'll uh, we'll have to uh, conclude this podcast. And um, I would like to thank you very much. It was fun to be here, Elias. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.